welcome to the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by the Reverend Douglas Cornelius. It is good to be together here on the Lord's Day. So glad that you uh, braved the uh, cold and came on out to join us here in worship. It is a good day to be together in the house of the Lord. Um, This morning, as I mentioned, we're uh, remembering and celebrating Epiphany Sunday. And so the traditional text is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2. That is actually uh, the only place in the gospel accounts that we have the story of the Magi's visit. And so our scripture this morning is that text, Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child? who has been born king of the Jews. For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. When Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared, then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, GPS is a wonderful thing, isn't it? You just plug in an address or a place or an intersection and just a click of a button on your phone and you get directions right to that spot. And these aren't just directions. 
their directions that are often up to date with road closures, construction or accident reroutes, changes in traffic patterns. They even give you real-time traffic updates to let you know if one way is quicker than another. Oh, GPS is a wonderful thing. If I'm ever traveling even more than 10 or 15 minutes, I'll often turn on my GPS, even if I know right where I'm going, just to make sure that no accident or bit of traffic has messed with my trip to wherever I'm headed. And now, a lot of these GPS apps even tell you where there are traffic cops sitting with radar detectors, right? Speed detect, not that I ever speed. We've already established that I don't ever do that. I would never. No lightning? Okay, good. <laughs> GPS is a wonderful thing, but I'm also old enough to remember the days before GPS when every glove compartment in the nation had one or more of those maps. You know the ones I'm talking about? They're about yay high and yay wide, right? And when you got these, they, they started out that size, but then you started unfolding and unfolding and unfolding and unfolding, and eventually every square inch of the front half of your car was covered in map. It was just all one giant map. And you had to find out where you were right then. That was the first piece. Then you had to find on this giant map where you were headed, and then, like a puzzle, you had to piece together all the roads and highways and twists and turns to get you to your destination. And if a road was closed, you didn't get some real-time update. The map didn't know that. You just had to pull over, throw on your hazards, take out that huge map again, and find a new route. You were the reroute. And then after you pieced together all those directions, well, you'd better remember them. You'd better write them down because then you had the toughest part of the whole job, which was to fold back up that map. Do you remember this? It, it was a puzzle in itself. And I would always fold it up and there'd be like one flap on the top that I did. Where did that come from? I had no idea. I always thought you needed a PhD just to get these things folded back up the way they go. But now we have GPS. And most cars probably don't even have those old maps in them anymore, right? We've, we've come a long day, a long way, since the days of following stars. That's for sure. The wise men, or magi, as they're sometimes called, the wise men were experts in the stars. Based on the Greek word here, which is magoi, which is actually a Persian word that makes its way into our Greek Testament, Greek New Testament. It's the only time we have a Persian word appear in the whole New Testament. And based on the fact that it's there, we suspect and are pretty sure that these Magi were Persian, right? And the Magi were actually, that was the name for priests in the Zoroastrian religion the official state religion of all the Persian and Iranian empires from about 600 years before 
our Christmas story all the way to about 600 years after our Christmas story. So this is a major world religion in the ancient Near East. And Zoroastrians were experts in the stars. They believed the stars told them when prophet kings would be born. So these magi of Matthew chapter two have traveled following the stars, following their own prophecies to find the next prophet king that was going to be born. And this one, according to what they've discerned, is going to be found in Israel and will be the new prophet king of the Jewish people. This is all according to the Zoroastrian beliefs. And so they go and they share all of this with King Herod, who is the Roman-sanctioned political leader of the Jewish people, the, the, the Roman-sanctioned king, really. Herod, we know from both biblical texts as well as extra-biblical historical texts, was quite a piece of work. Herod was quite a piece of work. He was a tyrant. He was entirely entrenched in the excesses of royalty. He was a puppet of Rome. He was weak politically in many ways, but he was also feared because he was more than a bit insane. He was hated by most of the Jewish people and tolerated by Rome because he did what they asked. And he kept revolutions and uprisings from happening through the iron fist of his rule. And these magi stop and they share the news of a new king being born with King Herod. They share this news. There's, there's been a child who's been born and this child is the king of the Jewish people. They say this knowing full well who Herod is. Knowing full well how the politics of this world work, knowing full well how the Roman Empire works, they know and they say it anyway because they believe it. And then Herod, with words so deeply sinister, we can hear their malevolence 2,000 years later in a tongue half a world away. Herod says, come back. Come back to me when you found him so that I too may pay homage. It's likely that these men of wisdom, these wise men, these scholars saw through this planned threat immediately. But just to be sure, after they've found the child and they've knelt before him and they've offered kingly and prophetic gifts, they still get a dream. A dream that warns them, don't go back to Herod. Go home to your own country by another road. Go home by another road. Take another road. This event that we believe happened, this Christ event, this, this holy child, this God with us, this God come down, this God in flesh, dwelling here amongst us, this event that changes everything for us and for our world. Those who believe it, 
It changes the way home. It reroutes us like, like some divinely offered GPS, taking us on our way through life by another road. Because you see, the world has always been full of Herods. It still is. People who don't believe, people who don't want to believe, people who think they have something to lose by believing. They have something to lose by surrendering their allegiance, their devotion, their life to this Christ child. And Jesus in his adult ministry will describe this in terms of two kingdoms. A kingdom of this world and a kingdom of God or of heaven. And the kingdom of this world, oh, this road, this road is the one most often traveled. It always has a shine to it. It glitters as if it's gold and there are earthly treasures to be found on it, material riches, and the most alluring thing is that illusion of freedom that this road gives you. The illusion of freedom that following your own way and your own will and your own road through the world, it, it always brings that illusion of freedom and the allure is real. But even these pagan magi, these followers of another faith, they understand the importance of that Christmas event enough to understand that if you're going to bend a knee to this king, to this king of kings, then when you get up and walk away, when you leave that place, when you set out on the next days and miles of your life's journey, when you do that after this Christmas child, it's going to require another road. A road less traveled, to quote the famous poem, a, a difficult road, one that won't be without its share of hardships, some suffering, it'll be marked with crosses along the highway, all to be borne by the faithful, it will eschew the riches of the road most traveled, exchanging them for things like kindness, patience, hope, joy, service, and love. This is the other road the, the faithful take. And these things don't ring of the excesses of this world, but they're hard to find in the palaces and the parliaments and the political headquarters of our world. We find them in sanctuaries and in mission fields. This is the other road the faithful take, the ones who believe, who have been transformed, and this road will be littered with the stuff that really adds the richness to life. And so if, like me, you've traveled a mile or two on that road, the other road, you'll know as surely as the magi of long ago that another road. It's always the best way. It's always the only way to truly get home.
So people of God, as we wrap up our Christmas worship for this year, as we head into a new year of the life of this church, may we truly be people of another road. Amen. Come now to the sacrament of communion. And on our faith journey road, we need rest stops. We need moments and spots where we can refuel, where our souls can be nourished, where we can encounter once again the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just as the Magi brought gifts to our Savior long ago, our Savior left his church with gifts. And this was one. There in a room with his disciples, he instituted this meal and left it for each one of us, not just to remember him, but to commune with him spiritually, to experience his presence and his grace in a way that will keep us going on our journey down another road. So I will invite our elders who are assisting in serving communion to come forward at this time. I've also invited uh, Maddie, who is our director of student and, uh, and young adult ministries here at the church to assist today. You might be able to hear it. I've had a little bit of a head cold this past week. And so I'm just gonna keep a little distance from your elements that you will be partaking and Maddie will be uh, assisting and handing them out today. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we ask your blessing upon these common elements of bread and drink that by the power of your spirit they may become much more, that they would indeed become vessels of mercy, nourishing us on our spiritual path. You have called us to a different road, a different sort of life, one that you modeled for us, one that by your grace we get the privilege to walk upon. May this meal nourish us for our journey along that road, strengthen us where we are weak, embolden us where your word needs to be spoken and shared. May it prompt us in your love and its gift to the world. For we pray it in the name of Christ, amen. On the night of his arrest, Jesus gathered in a room with his disciples and he took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it, eat it, all of you, and do this in remembrance of me.
If you would like a uh, gluten-free option or a pre-packaged option today, Maddie is carrying those around. Simply raise your hand when she gets into your section and we'll have those available for you. the bread of life. In the same way, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take it. Drink it, all of you, and do this in remembrance of me. People of God, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim our risen Lord's saving death until he comes again.
This is the cup of salvation. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, you call us to another road. And then you equip us and give us the grace and the strength to travel it. Give us yet another portion of that grace and strength this morning. The temptations of this world and its kingdoms are real. And so we ask that you be with us as we seek to follow another way, a higher way, a better way, the way to which you have called us. Lord, we pray for our world, for the tremendous amount of hurt, and suffering, and struggle that it knows. We pray for those who are close to us, family and friends, that are in need of your presence, your peace, your healing, and your hope. We pray for those in our town of Paoli and its surrounding areas, that your grace, that your way would be at work here in our midst, that you would use us as instruments of your peace in our day-to-day -day and in the people that we meet and encounter. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world where there is strife and discord, where there is conflict and violence. Lord, bring your peace. Where there is suffering bring generosity. Where there is grief, bring comfort. Lord, through you, through you, all these things can be accomplished. For we have knelt before your Son, and we see in him the peace and the hope that only you can bring. Send us on our way nourished, ready to travel another road with you. For we pray this in the name of Christ, who called us and who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.